One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The World in 10. It's your daily update on the biggest stories from around the world as seen through the eyes of the Times of London. I'm Steve Holden. And I'm Cara Bentley. On the way, in the face of opposition and anger, the French president digs his heels in over pension reform. And we have the story of Winnie the Pooh, a horror film and Hong Kong censorship. Intriguing, but let's start with a huge day in British politics. We've said that a lot over the last few years, haven't we? A big day in British politics. But today definitely is one of those days. As we are recording this podcast, Boris Johnson is giving evidence to MPs about so-called Partygate, gatherings in Downing Street when the UK had strict rules about who you could and who you couldn't see. Some people have been describing it as the day that could potentially end his political career. Whether that happens is a different story, obviously. But this is what the former Prime Minister has been telling the Privileges Committee today. Yes, we certainly did have social distancing. We avoided physical contact. We gave way to each other in the corridors and on the stairs. We gave each other as wide a berth as we could. But it would have been impossible to have a drill sergeant measuring the distance between us all hours of the day and night. Now, the committee has the power to ask for an apology, suspend Boris Johnson, or even expel him from the House of Commons. Lots of opinions on this. Uh, Here is one from The Times columnist, Daniel Finkelstein, uh, saying voters once loved his lies, but arguing he didn't understand his own rules has turned him into just another evasive politician. He writes, there will be relatively few people who find his defence, basically that his own guidance was so complicated he genuinely didn't know he was breaching it, convincing. If the committee finds against him, most people will side with the committee. And if they propose a heavy sanction, he argues most will support it. So we'll see what happens with Boris Johnson. But all this, I guess, goes to the heart of a life changing three years for so many of us dominated by coronavirus. With many people seeing March 2020 as that watershed moment for so many countries. In America, Joe Biden has even signed a bill ordering the release of top secret material about the origins of COVID-19. In a statement, he said he needed to get to the bottom of its origins, including the potential link between the outbreak of the pandemic and a lab in the Chinese city of Wuhan. In the United Kingdom, March 2020 was when restrictions were introduced that were then criticised, followed, uh, broken, made law. 
And The Times' science editor, Tom Whipple, has been remembering the event that he feels was the start of the pandemic. Now, Tom sat in a press conference being held by the Imperial College's COVID-19 response team, which led to the lockdown measures announced by the government. There was talk of hundreds of thousands of people dying unless drastic action was taken. This was either the press conference that saved us from the eugenics of herd immunity, or it was a press conference that introduced the draconian overreaction of of lockdown. But history has crystallised, views have crystallised. He says it was a pivotal moment, and three years on, regardless of what plan of action was put in place, Tom says it's made him think about what if. The the most significant thing that happened in our pandemic was the Kent variant. Killed 60,000. Those 60,000, they were like people dying on the Western Front on the 10th of November 1918. You know, we had the vaccine. If we could have had an earlier lockdown then and bought a month, then we could have saved tens of thousands of lives and had a shorter vaccine. And I've run through these wholly pointless counterfactuals, because the truth is, what we're doing now is we've got this exercise. It's not just that it's retrospective, that we're applying hindsight and perfectly retrofitting a response to this precise virus. It doesn't help us prepare for the future at all. It's interesting, isn't it, Cara? Because we all love hindsight. We love Mm. talking about it. But quite often, it's totally useless. But we still like to think that we can learn from it. Oh, totally. Don't forget, with a digital subscription to The Times, you can read all of Tom's insights, as well as getting the analysis on Boris Johnson's appearance in front of that privileges committee. Yesterday, we were telling you about the malaise in France over President Macron's push to raise the retirement age, to get it through with an executive order. It's caused a lot of upset inside and outside of Parliament with strikes and national protests, some of them increasingly violent. But today, President Macron has come out fighting. He's given a TV interview that's been broadcast on all the main French TV channels in which he simply says he is not budging on this new law and he will force it through by the end of the year. So he's saying here, uh, do you think I enjoyed doing this reform? No. Do you think I could have done the same as many others before me and sweep the dust under the rug? Yes, maybe. And he's saying the only thing he regrets is not being louder about the need to undergo this reform. So Macron's really sticking true to his word. Currently, France's state retirement age is 62, far lower than other countries like the UK and the US, where it's 66, and Italy, where it's 67. That maybe gives you an insight into why this has caused bad sentiment. It's a big weekend in France coming up because King Charles is set for a state visit. There have been whispers though and they're getting louder about wanting to cancel it. Any fan of sport will have had that moment watching a game when they thought the ref's decision was wrong. Yeah, and it happened last weekend in the climax of Rugby Union's Six Nations, England against the best team in the world, Ireland. England's Freddie Stewart got a red card for twisting, which caused Hugo Keenan to run into his elbow. So he got sent off just before half-time. Ireland won the game, but that red card decision, a relative rarity in rugby union for years, has been reversed by an independent disciplinary panel, which says it should have been no more than a yellow card. The red card, it all comes down to making the game safer, essentially, discouraging tackles and collisions that involve the head. And the Times' rugby correspondent, Alex Lowe, has been giving his analysis on that decision. If you're playing a sport that embraces physicality, you are going to have 
unfortunate collisions. This has been termed as a as a rugby incident, a consequence of, of a physical sport, a collision sport being played at pace, and every now and again there is a collision like this that's unfortunate. There's no point sending off a player for a situ- for an incident like this because it's not going to it's not going to change his behaviour. It wasn't a skill error. It wasn't a, a, a poor tackle, a dangerous tackle. It was it was an accidental collision. If this red card hadn't been overturned and the sport of rugby had therefore endorsed the idea that an accidental collision is also worthy of a red card and a three-match ban that would have would have followed, then it's basically saying there's no room in the sport for any kind of uncontrolled contact. For me, that would have undermined the very fabric of rugby union. Well, I'm in some absolutely humongous blue chairs today on uh, floor 10 with Mike Smith, the foreign editor at The Times. Mike, what are you working on today? One of our reporters has been embedded with Ukraine's special forces unit as they prepare for a counter-offensive against the Russians later in the spring. Uh, we're also taking a look at France, where there's a huge row over the future of the baguette. Uh, purists say it has to be crusty and baked for 23 minutes, but unfortunately a lot of people in France now like to have them soft and squidgy and baked for only 20 minutes. Uh, that's because they say it's a way of cutting your teeth or even your gums if you eat the crusty stuff. But a huge row is developed. Uh, between the purists and the modernists. Uh, Steve, are you a fan of Winnie the Pooh? I mean, who isn't? Although I'm much more of a Tigger fan, I would mm. say. But yes, uh, Winnie is an essential part of everyone's childhood, I'd well, we, say. Well, that's good, because we have some Winnie the Pooh news, because a film featuring him has actually been pulled from cinemas two days before its release. Yeah, in Hong Kong. And the interesting thing, this is not a sweet, honey-filled Winnie the Pooh film. This is a horror film. Have a listen to the trailer. You should be close now. We're not going to find them. We will. Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore. We were friends for many years and they're out there. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, shows Winnie as you've never seen him before. However, new censorship rules in Hong Kong ban films that endorse, support, glorify, encourage and incite activities that might endanger national security. But maybe more telling, with no official explanation given for the ban, some are saying it may be because of unflattering comparisons made between Winnie the Pooh and President Xi of China. Now, the first time that President Xi was likened to Winnie the Pooh was in 2013. And if you haven't seen this, you should Google it because it's a photo of him walking with Barack Obama in which they almost seem to be replicating a picture of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger walking side by side. So either authorities in Hong Kong are seeing a mockery of their leadership or they're just disgusted that somebody dared turned Winnie evil. That's all for today. You've been listening to The World in 10 from The Times of London.